You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Bucks. I'm Frank Madden from BrewHoop.com. I am joined by Eric Name from BrewHoop and ESPN Milwaukee and Milwaukee Magazine. And Eric, you are my special guest today because uh, Monday, September 26th was... Milwaukee Bucks Media Day for the 2016-17 season. You were there. You got to experience Media Day in all its glory. And in order to organize all the crazy, interesting things you went through, um, is it okay if I use my Media Day bingo card? Is that an okay way for us to kind of organize our thoughts today? It's not just okay. I would insist on it. (laughs) Excellent. So the Media Day bingo card... uh, I'm sure someone has thought of this idea before me, but I think it was two years ago. Uh, we we put together the first iteration of it, and it involved me putting together a PowerPoint slide. And uh, <laughs> my my five categories that I put at the top, and I then thought of all the best cliches that you hear on Media Day because it's a wonderful time of opportunity and possibility where every team is undefeated. My categories were Media Day advanced stats, our favorite numbers that we like to hear on on. Media Day, what unrealistic skills have been developed, uh, guys in the best shape of their lives, uh, all that kind of fun stuff you know that, that everybody eats up. Uh, the usual, I would call them coach and GM platitudes. Uh, we had the coach, GM, and Wes Edens from ownership today, which actually I thought was interesting, probably not a lot of platitudes, but um, all the kind of stuff that, that uh, coaches, GMs, and owners talk about, whether it's championships or playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, my all caps, you guys category which is just sort of a, a, a catch-all for any discussion of having a great group of guys or veteran guys <laughs> teaching young guys or every, all guys being on the same page. Guys, were, My favorite is how in September every, every team's like, beat writer likes to brag. Not, maybe not beat writers so much as like the team bloggers who are like, you know, where we're actually fans too and we're like looking for things to be positive about. Like <laughs> Everybody likes to say how long the young guys have been working out together. You know, it's like, oh, well, yeah. My team's had 10 guys since August 15th. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, we've had nine since August 1st. And I think that matters more. Yeah. Um, so all that kind of stuff. And then the player talking points, uh, you know, the stuff like I'll play wherever coach wants me to play. I'm not worried about my expiring deal or extension or trade rumors. The traded players who are super excited about their fresh start and being in this great new place. And anybody who says we've got the best fans in the world you're going up on my bingo board for being super cliche, but we didn't, I don't know if we, I don't know if we got a bingo today, um, but let's kind of take it one by one. And I will start in the middle because I think the middle, the coach GM owner uh, interview might've been the most interesting. And that was because of the comments about uh, from Jason Kidd about how he was thinking about the starting positions. And obviously I'll set this up by saying, you know, you and I, Eric, we've talked a lot. We've said before the Middleton injury, we said Delhi should start, MCW off the bench, Greg Monroe should come off the bench, Miles Plumley or John Henson because you wanted to trade John Henson, or whatever. But <laughs> one of one of the centers who's not Greg Monroe should start, and Greg Monroe should be that kind of second unit punisher. Um, and so I think that is probably a very logical conclusion for a lot of people. But what did Jason Kidd actually say today? Because I certainly was not expecting him to necessarily say something to that effect 
but he probably let on maybe a bit more than I expected and maybe more than Craig Monroe expected. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, looking at Platitudes, next man up, we definitely got one of those. Uh, that, <laughs> I think it was maybe a minute in. Uh, so if you are following along on the bingo card, we definitely got one of those uh, from Jason Kidd about a minute in. But it was interesting to hear... Obviously, there's no way to replace Chris, and we're not sure really what we're going to do. We're going to try some things out. We'll experiment with this. We'll try this combination. We'll do this, that, blah, blah, blah. But eventually, he was quite specific and said, well, after the All-Star break, we liked the way that we looked with Miles at the center position, and that's a look we like going into this year, and that's probably going to be the way that we start. And that one wasn't necessarily um, super surprising. I think that's kind of the way we've leaned for a while this season, or I guess this off season, as we've kind of discussed the Bucks center position and who should be the starter, and we've kind of thought that Greg should come off the bench, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, so that was, I guess, it was kind of comforting to hear that from uh, from Jason Kidd, but. It was interesting as the day went on to to see Greg Monroe's reaction. And I'm going to play a clip here of me asking the question about coming off the bench. And you'll hear that surprise. When Coach K was up here earlier, he mentioned the fact that he's envisioning you coming off the bench at this point and kind of being one of the stronger benches in the league. Um, do you see that? Are you okay with that role? Do you uh, find comfort in that role? I know you had uh, to do it after the all-star break. Yeah. Oh, I mean, um, well, that was news to me, but I mean, it was, um, I mean, it's not the first time. Uh, so, you know, I'm like, I, I always say, you know, it's about once I'm on the court, um, you know, um, and that's all I focus on, you know, um, you know, if you if you have questions about a rotation, you know you're gonna have to ask him. Um, when my number is called, I just try to be ready. So this is that's where where Greg Monroe's eyes became big and wide. Is that is that what we can't see in that audio? Correct. As, we can't see it in the audio, but literally, as I'm asking the question, it went from his eyes saying, "Oh, this is a guy asking me a question that I'm politely paying attention to." Oh my God, this train is about to wreck how what is going on right now and his eyes just got huge and that's kind of what you hear there in that response about it being news to him and it was just kind of surprising to see how surprised and how shocked isn't the right word but just how surprised he was and i'm not going to say disappointed or anything like that just just surprised that that had been disclosed to the media in the media day kind of information. And I don't know if it was something that they hadn't discussed before that Greg would be coming off the bench, but I will say that when we discussed the same type of thing with Michael Carter Williams after uh, Jason in his, in his session today mentioned that, okay, well, Delhi's going to be the starter at point guard and Michael will be coming off the bench. When we talked to MCW about it, he, he seemed very content with it. And I would say for the most part said all the right things. Very, and that tone has changed quite a bit since exit interviews where he was very defensive and said, well, I'm, I can start a point guard and I can start next to Giannis and it'll still work. But today it was very much, yeah, absolutely. I'll do whatever the team needs. And if I can play this, I can play that. I can do that. But with it was, it was so different from 
Greg Monroe's reaction that part of me wonders, did MCW have a heads up and Monroe didn't? Or it was just strange that Monroe was so surprised by by my question. I think the... I would say it's not surprising that MCW would be singing more from the same songbook as as Kid, and I think it's also important. You know, as the you know, if you listen to the quote, the comment was sort of that Kid is, you know, clearly it's it's based on something. You know, talking about especially with Plumley liking the way they looked after the All Star break last year, um, but it's also non-committal, right? It's talking about they're gonna, you know, this is what we're gonna look at, and kind of this is what we're gonna do tomorrow in practice, and we're gonna start him, we're gonna bring him off the bench, and we're gonna try different things, and you know, so I think there's not like this sense of permanence which was kind of funny because um this topic and who knows maybe greg monroe interpreted your question that way um but it is kind of funny how the telephone game of the way that kid phrased it sort of morphed as the day went on because i didn't see a lot of references to that early in the day and then by the afternoon um you know gary wolf had a string of quotes about uh greg monroe's coming off the bench and you know like just sort of like I think there were like three tweets and all sort of like implied as though sort of like oh well Rashad Vaughn's starting you know Michael Carter Williams is coming off the bench Greg Monroe's coming off the bench and that's just it when you know realistically <laughs> we have a month until the first game of the season um, I think you know Miles Plumley. there is obviously a, a case that is based in fact and what we saw last year as, as Kid alluded to to him starting and, and providing that value as kind of a guy that you know doesn't need the ball can just finish pick and rolls, et cetera. We've, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Um, whereas with Vaughn, obviously it's probably a very different equation, right? I think with Vaughn, um, it's probably much more of a, Hey, young guy, you know what? Take your shot. You know, you're the only other shooting guard on this roster other than Chris Middleton. We're going to give you a shot. And you had a bad season. You had a bad summer. Um, or at least a bad uh, summer league, I should say. So let's, let's see what you got. And obviously we don't know what he's done, you know, in, in practices and things like that. But, um, what was your take? I mean, was that was that Rashad Vaughn piece? Was that maybe the most? I would say that was the most surprising piece of it, just because. I mean, sure, he's the only shooting guard who's kind of left, but um, there are a number of other guys that Jason Kidd could pick to roll out um, on day one, starting shooting guard, and, and certainly you could make a lot of reasons. You come up with a lot of reasons for why it shouldn't be Rashad Vaughn. Sure, and, and I'll, we'll throw this audio in right here, and you can kind of get a little bit more of the context. Jason, kind of follow up that. Uh, you had said how much you need a bench. Remember, we talked about it so much last year. And I wondered if Chris's injury affected that. But here you're saying Michael and Greg could be leaders off that, and that would give you a heck of a punch off the bench. Is that really kind of a priority? Well, that's one of the questions that we have on the board, yeah. you know, looking at how our bench. Um, and we can sprinkle in uh, Jet, uh, you know, look at Mirza. You know, that's a pretty good... Uh, you know, second team. So uh, there's going to be uh, throughout this week, we're going to have different combinations and we're going to see the feel and, and see what's best for us going forward. But, you know, as tomorrow, we're going to look at Miles and, that, and uh, Vaughn in that, in that first group. And I guess the when I listened to that audio, the thing that kind of sticks out to me was that while, while discussing Miles and discussing Greg's role, there was seemingly a lot of a lot of thought put into whatever those responses would be. There was a lot of depth to those thoughts and those opinions while the Vaughn starting comment at the end there, 
that was really the only thing we heard about Vaughn starting. There was there was not a lot of other time spent elaborating on what Rashad Vaughn brings to the table. And there was a question specifically asked about Vaughn and Brogdon, and most more of the time of the answer was spent on Brogdon and what what they thought Brogdon could do. So for me, I, I just remember after all this happened, I was talking to Charles Gardner a little bit and Matt Velasquez, and they were talking to me about like, oh man, it's big news that Vaughn's the starter at shooting guard. And I looked at both of them and was like, what? When did he say that? And they're like, yeah, you said it, blah, 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 at whatever this answer was. And it, I, I like to think I pay a lot of attention, but I guess it, it kind of speaks to that that statement that it, to me, it seemed like more of a throwaway line. And uh, I do think it is significant that he is the leader as they start training camp tomorrow. And, and I do think that it, that's a, a major vote of confidence for Rashad Vaughn. But at the same time, the first game isn't until October 26th, I believe. So exactly one month from today, a lot can happen in that one month especially if Rashad Vaughn doesn't play particularly well. So I think your your point is is quite good that this is the starting point and those are the guys that are starting tomorrow at the start of training camp. Those may not be the guys that start on opening night on October 26th. Those are just the guys that are starting tomorrow or at least taking the first team reps or wearing whatever color jerseys the first team on the bucks practice squad or as they practice whatever those whatever the color of those practice jerseys are those guys will be having that color jersey on and that's about the extent of it if everybody's healthy on opening night and i shouldn't even start with that as a presumption because something horrible will happen Giannis is going to hit by get struck by lightning tomorrow if i say that but uh at the risk of making that assumption everyone's healthy on opening night gun to your head they're always guns i'm always putting guns to people's heads in this podcast i'm not a violent person um but a metaphoric uh gun to to your head uh jason terry malcolm brogdon rashad vaughn i guess you could throw michael carter williams into that mix who would be your best bet to be the starter on opening night knowing the little we know right now for a while i thought it was mcw and that was just because of how much i thought they believe in mcw and i guess they still believe in him so much but now that they've said so much about him coming off the bench and what he can do for a bench unit i think that faith has now been placed on him in a certain role uh terry kind of seems like the guy uh just because him and kid get along so well uh he's jason terry he's quite personable he hits threes he could we'll, be we'll get to we'll get to his personal personable nature in a moment that's coming up in a bit yeah um but he's just he just seems like the kind of guy kid would start and whether or not that's for all 82 i again would kind of doubt that and i think we might see a number of uh players play that shooting guard role i could just see him coming out of camp the right way and maybe that's something they use as a motivational tactic for rashad that hey, look, you could have this starting role if you play this much better. And the same thing for Malcolm Brogdon. So I'm going to go with Jet. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's an interesting one. I, I kind of wonder, I think the maybe the argument against Jet, um, and I could definitely see Jet as, a, as kind of a, a starter. I think I think whoever starts, it feels like it could be a J-O-B starter. You know, yeah. like the old 15 minutes, you start, you, know, you play the first seven minutes of, of each half and then 
probably somebody else comes in. The problem is there's not obviously much better players behind yeah. whoever whoever starts. Um, I, my pet lineup in the second unit has been Jet and MCW. So I kind of wonder maybe you save Jet for that second unit. I mean, not that you know you're always you know again I'm not a fan of like hockey uh, lineup you know shifts and things like yeah. that where you're swapping out five guys at once or something like that. But um, and Kid typically hasn't done that, but uh, but I think maybe that could be a combination that might work better. So it wouldn't shock me if Vaughn started. I think it would be as you know as you're alluding to though more of like a hey rookie here's your chance because yep. um, it seemed like even last year. I mean let's not forget first preseason game of last season Rashad Vaughn didn't start, but he led the team in minutes and points, twenty points in thirty five minutes, um, and it was pretty much all downhill from there, I guess. Yeah. But he did have a for good first like two or three games and then played poorly sort of to end the preseason and obviously the rest was kind of history. So it seems like Jason Kidd has at least some belief in Vaughn, whether that's because he thinks he has to give him positive feedback to try to get something out of him or because he genuinely you know, believes in him, um, one or the other. Hopefully he repays him. Um, let's jump over to my media day advanced stats category. So um, – here we get the fifteen pounds of muscle guys. We get the we got one of those. X number. Of sh- we get the X number of shots a day. Any reference to a percentage of effort, typically over one hundred percent, gets in. Hundred percent healthy. Alas, Chris Middleton could not make that comment, and that's why I would say the biggest number of the past week, including today, uh, was the number six, as in six months of Chris Middleton being absent. And Chris Middleton was there. And did we learn anything interesting? We did at least get some background on how he got hurt, right? Yeah, I would say the most interesting thing we learned was the fact that it happened in a pickup game on Tuesday. Um, The way he described it, he was dribbling. Uh, It sounded like he was trying to stop, make some sort of move. Uh, One of his feet hit a wet spot uh one foot moved out in front of the other he ended up doing the splits he didn't think it was super serious at the time just that he he might have strained something a little bit um didn't think it was super serious and kind of went about his day but then obviously uh once they had some more tests done found out that it was the hamstring so um a wet spot is to blame. There's, there's not a player out there to blame. Um, not that anyone would actually, someone would probably do that. Um, but yeah, wet spot, hit a wet spot. That was about it. Um, asked for a timeline. He was pretty noncommittal and just mentioned the fact that he's not going to push anything. He's just going to trust his doctors and whatever his doctors tell him for, uh, what the rehab should be, what he should be doing, how quickly he should try to get back on the floor. He's going to, kind of leave that to them so that that would be the extent of what we learned but again it was it was nice that we didn't have to necessarily go digging for an answer on how it happened where it happened what was going on while it happened he he kind of laid it out for us yeah um so i'm always hoping that one day we may get to call Giannis adetokounmpo a seven-foot point guard. Uh, apparently, we have not reached that day yet. I, and Giannis has said there was an article in the Wall Street Journal last year uh, about players lying about their heights, which was interesting. And normally, a lot of times, it's been weird players like Kevin Garnett hiding the fact that they're over seven feet. Giannis in that yeah, Giannis in that story actually said, "Heck, I would like to be taller. I'd always like to be taller. I want to be seven feet tall." Um, but I guess he he alas is only six eleven. Well, here's the interesting thing: conspiracy theorists put on the tin foil caps. Let's go. Uh, so, Aluminum foil deflector beanies. Here we go. 
So in answering a question about being a point guard, unlike any other point guard, Giannis said, well, you know, a seven foot point guard caught himself said, well, an almost seven foot point guard. And then went on to something else, which being the journalist that I am, that's a follow-up question. Good, sir. Uh, (laughs) So I said, well, you mentioned seven foot point guard. Did you let something slip there? Are you seven foot now? Uh, and he said, no, six, 11 and a half. And if we're round, I'm rounding up. If he's giving me six, no, no, 11 he, and a half. He said six, 11 and a half. And he said, you know, with shoes on, maybe that is seven foot uh, with heels, seven, two. Um, and you, uh, <laughs> we'll put the quote in here and see if you can hear it. But it was a good line. I'll give him that. I, I don't know. Um, I'm six eleven and a half. So seven foot, almost seven foot, seven foot with shoes, seven one, seven two with high heels. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to ask the box to list me a six nine like KD. Yeah, Giannis uh, was. If Giannis said uh, during his press conference for his new contract that he was not feeling any external pressure, and it did not seem like Giannis was feeling any pressure uh, on media day, he started with a knock knock joke that involved him singing. Um, so uh, yeah, the, he he seemed to be in full sort of Giannis goofball mode for much of the day. Um, on the topic of guys adding muscle, losing weight. Uh, a couple guys with something to prove this year apparently sort of ticked the box there, right? Yeah, both the both the guys that everyone wants traded um, that have kind of been <laughs> the people uh, that stir a lot of the discussion at Brew Hoop. Uh, both were on Muscle Watch. Greg Monroe uh, says he has lost about 10 pounds due to a new diet. Uh, some things he's working on. Charles is really trying to get some of the details on his diet, what what kind of foods he was eating. Uh, Monroe was not giving that up. Uh, MCW mentioned the fact that one of his focuses this summer was trying to get stronger. Uh, mentioned uh, when he was talking about the fact that he can guard other positions, maybe one, two, three, uh, that he'd be able to guard and mentioned that he might have put on a few pounds and some some muscle there. So both both of the guys uh, that Bucks fans have been trying to ship out of town for a while, maybe trying to help out with that a little bit, uh, getting themselves on Muscle Watch. Yeah, and I'll 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 say that we called it uh, y- yesterday when we said that that Greg Monroe would be a guy who would be a prime candidate for best shape of his life. We did uh, cliche, which I guess we didn't get that, but it yeah we caught kind of in a roundabout way got it. You know, and, and on my bingo board I have. I'm in the best shape of my life under the unrealistic skill development category. <laughs> um, the other guy that I think people are always curious about his physical condition uh, for multiple reasons is Jabari Parker. Last year was obviously coming back from uh, obviously a, a terrible knee injury and, and hoping that he's physically fit just from a structural standpoint of his knee. Uh, but his weight and his sort of physical fitness and everything has, has always been a, a major topic with him, really going back to his high school days. Uh, this summer, generally when we've seen pictures, there's been certainly idle talk of that of him losing weight. Um, was that at all talked about today or was that kind of a non-topic for the day? Uh, it was brought up a couple times uh, while we had Jabari for his session. I think it's a topic that Jabari 
doesn't really love talking about, so Jabari didn't really expound on it, uh, but there were uh, multiple allusions to a slimmer frame, uh, more athletic, stronger, leaner, uh, whatever kind of words you'd want to use there. It was referenced, but it's not something I think Jabari really ever talks about himself. Um, certainly not unprompted. Uh, so not a, not a ton of talk of that. And honestly, when I see Jabari, I just see Jabari. Like, uh, I, I get that he might lo- have looked slimmer this summer or whatever, but I just see Jabari when I see him. And he's got the short hair this summer. Last year he had the like fro he was growing out. Yeah. So I feel like short hair also makes you, you look a little bit slimmer, but, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. It looks like he's certainly not heavier, um, which is probably, you know, a good thing, but, yeah. but I guess we'll see. Um, the other one. So Giannis is obviously a guy, people always talk about his jump shot, uh, Jason Kidd made a point of talking about how he needed to work on his point guard skills this summer and kind of change his mindset. And you asked him about that specifically, and what what did he have to say about that? We've obviously talked after pretty much every offseason about your jump shot and mm-hmm. working on that. And this year, you have to work on point guard stuff too. Mm-hmm. How did you try to find a balance between getting the reps that you thought you might need, learning how to run a pick and roll, or tighten up your handle, and then figuring out your jump shot as well how do you try to balance that you know uh, thank god uh, our coaching staff Sean Sweeney was with me basically all summer you know he was helping me work on my jump shot too but he was helping me too and uh, how to like learn the game more how to learn the point guard position more and uh, I think I put I, I sweat a lot I put a lot of work this summer so but my main focus this summer I'm not gonna lie it wasn't even my jump shot it was how to like, you know, be able, be more comfortable to run, uh, run the team and be a point guard and put my team in the right spot and make plays. So I I just let that quote run there, and you can kind of hear what he had to say. But I, I thought it was interesting to hear that he said you have to try to. I, I had mentioned trying to find a balance. Uh, between shooting jump shots and getting better as a point guard. And he mentioned the fact that it was kind of the scales were kind of tilted towards focusing more on learning how to be a point guard. And I guess for me, it it was interesting to think I see point guard so much as a position that is reliant on five other guys uh, or your four other teammates and the other five guys that are on the floor defending your team. So it's really all about what's going on on the floor, what you're reading, how defenders are reacting certain ways. And because of that, I had to ask Giannis how you try to get better at that. With that, I think it's a lot of figuring out where all five guys are going to be on the floor at the same mm-hmm. time, rather than just you dribbling and trying to figure out how to get to the basket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you try to get better in those situations? Is it film work? Is, is, are there drills that you can do during the summer to get better at that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, of course you can do drills too. You know, um, run, like, run your plays over and over again and uh, try to like, have counters in every play. If this is not there, what can you do? Make like, someone else be open, you know? create something else. But a lot of film work too. Uh, watch a lot of film, and uh, I know in the season when the season starts, I'm still gonna watch a lot of film too. So when when you hear him kind of say, "Well, I was out there with the coaches, and they were trying to break down counters to different plays and rotations and stuff like that," it, it was just interesting to me that it seemed like the major focus was point guard play, and that seems to me like a very difficult skill to work on in the summer. 
because it's very much in the moment. It's very much seeing different things happen and figuring out how to respond to them, how to react to them. Um, so that that part of Giannis's availability was very interesting to me. Yeah, and I kind of wonder too. I mean, the shooting thing. I mean, guys are going to get up shots right during the summer, and I don't know. I'm, I don't know if anybody asked Giannis. It sounded like maybe nobody asked Giannis about his thousand shots a day. Uh, <laughs> promise that he had after his Kobe meeting last year. But I think to some extent, I, I'm not really that concerned about Giannis not getting shots up. I think that's probably something that's going to happen regardless. Um, and I think I think a lot of it with these guys is just, you know, confidence and and either you're going to have that innate skill and have that confidence to make shots or you're not. And I think that's probably my big question with Giannis is just, is he fundamentally talented enough as a shooter? And I guess um, hopefully this uh, this year we'll, we'll find out some, some positive news on that front. Um, other than that, moving on to the you guys category. Um, and we got a, a guys quote courtesy of Jason Terry, didn't we? We did. And it was kind of talking about what you were just talking about with those young guys and not doubting whether or not they're getting their shots up. What do you, what do you see with this team so far? Well, the, the thing that sticks out and, and has impressed me the most is my team's work ethic. Okay. Um, I pride myself, and I've done, for, done it for years, of being early, staying late. I can't beat these guys to the gym. It's, it's amazing. Not because I'm older and I'm slowing down. Right. It's just because these guys get here early. I mean, Giannis is the first one in every day, and he's the last one to leave every night. And uh, that's very impressive. Um, you know, obviously, in their growth and development, they have to put the work in. But, but me coming here and seeing them do so is encouraging and knowing that's one battle I don't have to fight. And so uh, this is a hardworking group, and, and it will pay off in the end. So there you go. You got you to gotta, you guys. The, those guys just are in the gym and those those youngsters I don't have to worry about uh, making sure they're getting their shots up which is, which is a good thing and obviously Jason Terry's had a, a long long career so I'm sure he's dealt with all types of stars the guys that got in the, the gym guys that didn't get in the gym and well with these guys it doesn't really seem like it's uh, much of a concern so you hear that Milwaukee your guys are doing well very good. Um, otherwise, on that topic, um, this isn't necessarily a you guys one, but Michael Beasley was... I don't know if this is what Michael Beasley is always like. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. He had a, a comment about... I think he said something to the effect of, I know it's ironic coming from me, but I think we've got the guys to be a top five or ten defense. Um, so Michael Beasley's showing a fair amount of self-awareness, which is encouraging. Uh, I don't necessarily expect that to mean that he's not going to be a 30% usage guy because yeah. uh, I think that's going to happen regardless. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I thought Beasley was interesting. Uh, he also had a uh, uh, on the Bucks Twitter feed. He also revealed that he has eight dogs and he successfully named all of them uh, unprompted. So uh, encouraging that he can remember all of his dogs' names. Although they said that they're he said that they're they went from 80 to 220 pounds which is uh, uh, unbelievable and scary to me. So uh, Giannis and Jabari, just stay away from Michael Beasley's apartment or house or wherever <laughs> the heck he's going to keep his dogs. Like, just, just don't. Like, let, let that. I'm sure they're lovely animals. But um, we'll put a point on it there. We've got a lot more talk about Bucks Media Day. We're going to make this a two-parter. Uh, get to the rest of it tomorrow with Eric and myself, Frank Madden. Thanks for listening. Be sure to give us a review on iTunes. Uh, give us, if you 
uh, would be so gracious. Our fi- those five star reviews they really uh, are, are helpful for us. And let us know if there's anything else you'd like us to cover. Tweet at us. Shoot us an email brewhoop at gmail dot com. And we'll have, as I said, a lot more tomorrow on what we learned at Media Day and also certainly throughout this week heading up to the first preseason game on October 3rd. Enjoy training camp and we'll talk to you guys very soon. Hi, you've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.